Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. Hello, my friends. This is Jamie Stegmeier, uh, your guest host today of the Board Game Design Lab. And today I am here with hey. Gabe Barrett. Hey, there he is. <laughs> hey, Jamie. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, this is episode 100. Well, mm-hmm. technically. Technically, it's it's not episode 100. Technically, it's episode 102. Uh, Carla Cop, the wonderful Carla Cop, was actually episode 100. But because of the way the schedule worked out and the calendar and Kickstarter campaigns and all that goodness, uh, this is the celebration of episode 100, but it's actually episode 102. And I really appreciate you being here to guest host, man. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, the tables have turned today, and I'm excited about the opportunity to ask you questions. You are so generous with your time, and, and you're asking, you ask so many great questions of other designers and other people in the industry. I am so excited about the opportunity of getting you to just talk about yourself and what you're excited about, what you were, uh, your struggles, your your uh, everything that's going on with you. So, um, should we jump into it? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of weird. Uh, my my notes over here, it's almost blank. It's a super weird. weird. Like, normally, <laughs> I've got like a whole page and outline of all these questions and like all this follow up stuff. Right now, it's it's just got a couple a couple words. And so, yeah, it's it's a little. Uh, I'm a little anxious, honestly. It's like it's a little odd, but yeah, let's, let's have fun. Well, so Gabe knows some of these questions. He knows maybe a few of them. So let's start out with one that you know, and then we'll jump into some of the ones that you don't know that I'm going to talk about. Right. Um, so one of the ones I asked you is, uh, yeah, let's start out with this since we're going to cap it off with a similar topic. What three games um, that you are actively playing or have played recently are you the most excited about right now? Yeah, for sure. And so, all right, so one of them is Time Stories because it's just still an amazing game. Uh, it Just the expansions that keep coming out, I'm I, it's frustrating to live in Honduras because I can't just go to the game store and buy the next one. You know, uh, the <laughs> new one that just came out, I think it's the, the pirate one, like the Brotherhood of the Coast, I think. I'm super yep. pumped to play it. Uh, still love that game. Still love the, the way it, it, every game is similar but different. You know, it's the same mechanisms with some added to it and a new story. Like, but you don't have to really relearn the game. You can have a new experience, but, you know, uh, you still know how, how the whole thing works. So still loving Time Stories, still loving what they're doing over there. Uh, the next one's D&D, and this is something I've been doing with my classroom. It's kind of gamifying my classroom, and it's, it's not exactly D&D. It's not like the four-hour session because you only got 40-minute class, but uh, really enjoying basically being a game master for my 10th my grade students uh, to kind of put them through these different challenges to have to work together and build these characters. And then, you know, I'm an English teacher, and so they have to write stories. They have to write their backstories, and they get graded on, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, bringing... D&D into the classroom and then using it in cool ways, not only to teach concepts, but also to kind of give them uh, some, some fun stuff to do. And so I really uh, love D&D. And the third one, you were and I were talking before the, the show, I'm, I'm really loving my own game. I feel like a tool saying that, but the, the <laughs> Final Flick tier, this, this 4X dexterity space game I've been working on for, I don't know, five, six months now uh, of, of active playtesting. It was even longer in the, in the just designing part. But, um, man, I'm just, I love it. Every time I get to play, it's, it's enjoyable, and that, which is good, because there's a lot of times I feel like, and you can speak to this, you've played your game so many times, you're like, I think I'm done. I want to go design something else. I want to play something <laughs> else. And, uh, but I haven't hit that point yet. And what's been fun is creating new factions and new expansions i think that's really been helping like last last week i was trying out a new faction and so it it, and it was actually pretty good that's another good thing it's like i'm getting 
I've played the game so many times, I kind of have a good feeling about what factions need to do and like how many points their buildings need to be worth, stuff like that. And so, man, it's just been a lot of fun uh, playing that game. And so, yeah, those are the, the top three right now. That's awesome. And I really am glad you enjoyed it. You included one of your own games in that list because that, um, especially at this stage where you're gearing up for the Kickstarter, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but it's great that you are sustaining that passion through the project. There may come a day where you're like, I really just need to set this aside. <laughs> Go, it's in production now. I won't worry about it for a while. But I'm glad that day isn't today. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's uh, let's see. I'm going to jump around a little bit. I got yeah. I have topics all over the place because you are doing a lot. You're a game designer. You host your podcast. You hosted a convention recently online. Um, you also play games. So we'll jump all around here. Um, one that I'm really curious about. You've hosted a ton of different people on your podcast. Yeah. Who is someone a designer or someone in the industry that you haven't gotten to appear on the podcast yet that you would love? to chat with, to interview on your, on your podcast. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nikki Valens, I, I'll give you a few. Ooh. Nikki Valens is definitely one. Um, she's just an amazing designer. Uh, I've talked to her in the past about coming on the show. It just hasn't worked out scheduling wise. And, you know, she's been, she was super busy at fantasy flight. And I think now she's doing her own freelance thing. So maybe she got a little extra time. and need to hit her, hit her back with a, an email. Um, but yeah, she just an incredible designer, fog of love, mention of madness. Um, was it Legend of Dragon Holt, I think. That incredible, yep. like, just feat of design. It's, like, part RPG, part board game, just amazing. All the incredible amount of content she put in. So I'd love to talk to her uh, at some point. Also, Ignacy Shevichek. Love to get oh, him yeah. on the show at some point. Uh, you know, it's he's in Poland, and so it's always the, the time differential, and he's crazy busy. If you ever, like, follow his right. stuff online, the dude, I don't, he, he either finds a way to have, like, 28 hours in a day or something <laughs> or just doesn't sleep. I don't know what he does, but uh, he, he's crazy busy. So I would love to get those two on the show hopefully sometime in the near future. I, I want to give Nikki a compliment because I reached out to her about a month ago because I, I hadn't heard – I heard that was when I heard that she wasn't with Fantasy Flight anymore, and I reached out to her, and I was like, you know, I'd love to work with you someday. I'd mm -hmm. love to publish something by you, especially since you're not working with Fantasy Flight anymore. And I gave her a bunch of compliments about uh, her, her writing abilities, Legacy of Dragonhold in particular, but also Mansions of Madness, other games. And she accepted the compliment, but she also said, I have to be honest, I – uh, there are many other writers that worked on those games. So I love that she was able to uh, uh, give people credit where credit is due. Um, not everyone does that. So that made me even want to work with her even more because she was uh, because she did that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, hopefully you'll get the chance to talk with her someday. No doubt. Hey, you know, everyone loves a running back who thanks his offensive line. You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love that guy who's like, okay, you scored the touchdown, but you didn't do it by yourself. And so, yeah, that's, that's yeah. really cool that she's like that. That was Drew Brees a couple weeks ago when he yeah. broke the uh, the passing record. He was complimenting everyone on the team except for himself. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty cool. Well, he can't catch it, you know. And he, That's he's not, true. You know, it's, it's what I love about football. It's why I think it's the greatest game in the world because yeah. you can't have one great player and win a game. Like you need a lot of other pieces to come to come together to work and work together. That full team atmosphere. And so, yeah, that's that's awesome. But, yeah. Well, thank you for that answer about your your uh, the designers that you'd like to talk to. Hopefully, maybe they'll hear this and, and jump on here someday. Hopefully so. Um, so you've mentioned that uh, you're teaching. You're down in Honduras, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to hear some of the challenges and the opportunities, both sides, of, of doing everything that you do from Honduras. The podcast, the game design, playing games. You mentioned that it's sometimes tough to get some expansions down there. Um, yeah, so what are the, the challenges and opportunities of being down in Honduras? Yeah, definitely. So one challenge that I used to have that I don't anymore is I lived uh, way out, kind of. There's no paved roads. There was no street names. You know, I lived in the yellow house on the corner across from the horse field near the soccer field. <laughs> that was literally my address. And so there weren't really many Americans in that area to play games with. Uh, and then recently, about uh, a little over a year ago, I moved to 
uh, a different part of the country and I'm teaching at the school and there's a huge community of Americans and Canadians and English speaking people here that many of them love board games. And so that has been huge, both in just playing games, also play testing. Uh, used to, I, I just designed a bunch of two player games cause it was like, me and my wife, you know, that was it. Uh-huh. Uh, now I can actually design four player plus games. And so uh, that's been really, really great. Um, but yeah, it's hard to get games here for sure. Uh, yeah. I found there's a service called G box mall where I have a basically a PO box in Miami that I send stuff to, and then it gets on a boat and eventually gets here. And it takes you know three weeks, sometimes a month, to get here. And I pay roughly seven bucks, eight bucks a pound for those okay. packages. And if you have a game like Charterstone, which was not a light game, that that turns into a few dollars, right? And so I have to be careful like right. what I order, and I have to budget not only the game cost, uh, but also how much is this thing going to cost to ship? Okay, it's a five-pound game times eight bucks. Okay, that's 40 extra dollars. You know, So I, right. I, I have a very good understanding for all those people in Europe you know, that back Kickstarters and like, $50 for shipping. It's like, yep, I, <laughs> I get that, and it's, it's super yeah. frustrating. Um, but, you know, you... you, you it also helps you pick the best games, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like you, you wait You go, okay, let me make sure this is good. Let me watch four reviews and wait till it goes on sale on cool stuff or whatever. And then, and then get it. And so you have to be a little more uh, strategic about things. Um, yeah. But as far as, uh, and, and also playing games. So I started me and a, a friend of mine here, we started a game group on Monday afternoon. So after school, we've got a group of about 10 kids or so. And these are the kids that don't play sports, you know, that, that don't do band. You know, these are kind of the, the other kids that didn't really have a lot going on as far as school activities. And so uh, a couple of them actually found out that I was in the games. Another teacher was in the games. And so they said, hey, can we, can we do a game club? It's like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely yeah. we can. And so <laughs> it's been a lot of fun just playing games with those kids. But it's been the the challenge with them is they've never played games. Like they played Uno and Monopoly and Scrabble, but they had never played a lot of just the, the modern board games. And so, you know, just the, the it's, it's a good challenge. It's a good problem to have, right, of teaching all these new games and new mechanisms and stuff. You know, it's funny when, like, you play Dominion and it blows their mind. They're like, what? <laughs> I didn't know you could do this. It's like, yeah, 10 years ago, right? <laughs> but uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun at the same time. So it's a challenge, but also been a, a really cool opportunity uh, kind of going what you were saying but i think those are the biggest things but man it's, it's a it's a challenge for sure but it's a lot of fun to overcome these obstacles and i think that's one thing i love about this whole thing game design in general it's a puzzle right yeah. here are the pieces how can i how do i put them together so it's fun and people enjoy it and it's it's been fun so far well it's nice too that you get to you get that exposure to different types of people like yeah. you mentioned some americans there that play games they know those games and you mentioned kids who ha- haven't ever played dominion before so you that's great as a designer to see how different people react, different types of people react to your games. Yeah. I bet it'll it'll show in your rule books. I bet uh, the way that you explain how to play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's something that that's definitely been good. Is I can blind test a rule book with a mm. lot of different kinds of people, people that really know games, who've been playing games for years, versus yeah. a person who's played Uno. You know, and, right. and it's a totally different thing. And I remember uh, when I was getting ready for the Cardboard Edison Award um, this last go-round, I, I just was blind testing the rule book. I'd say, hey, here's the game. Here are the components. I want you to teach me how to play. And I'm not going to say anything. I'm, I'm just going to give you the rule book, and then you show me how to, how to play. And I had a notebook full of notes, just full, packed full of things I had to change and add and, and change wording. You can't use certain words for certain mechanisms because not everybody knows what that means, right? And this is something Carla Kopp right. talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, when you say push your luck, you know, some people think that just means rolling dice. It's, it's oh, luck, yeah. right? It's lucky, right? Dice are lucky, so push your luck, roll dice. Like, well, no, not exactly. And so you have to be right. aware of that. And you get so close to things, you forget that not everybody knows this vocabulary. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. So you, you've touched upon this a little bit in this answer, but I'm curious about your gaming habits in general. Like the balance, you mentioned you have a, a Monday night game group. 
what, what's your balance between playing uh, prototypes, whether they're yours or another designer's, versus playing um, published games? Like, do you do you do you aim for a certain balance there, or does it just end up working out a certain way depending on where you are with the game? What's what's your your balance, your ratio there? Yeah, so it kind of depends on time of year. Uh, mm-hmm. Right, right now, uh, well, one I got this Kickstarter coming up, and so I've been playtesting the crap out of my game, just like trying to get it as done as possible before launch. Uh, yeah. One, so I can have its final product to show as possible, but also so it gets to the printer faster, right, and gets into people's hands faster. And I think that's something uh, maybe not maybe not every Kickstarter co- uh, creator thinks about. It's like I, w- I want to get this to people as soon as possible, you know, not not a year yeah. from now. Um, because like you've talked about in the past, the hype, you know, the hype train can be a very fickle thing. And so okay. if, if you take to that, I feel like there's a window of opportunity that you don't want to miss. So right now I'm, I'm playtesting a lot of my own games. Well, just one really. Um, but also it's basketball season. And so I'm coaching three nights a week, three afternoons a week. Uh, and so that's taking up a lot of time as well. And and so right now it's, it's a lot of prototypes and, and then – Every now and then, uh, some published games. Now, when basketball season ends here in about a month or so, I have a lot more time, especially with that Monday uh, gaming group. I, I can spend more time there, be there more often, uh, play more games, or at least the games that we all own, you know, play them different ways, get some expansions in maybe. Uh, and then also the summer. The summer's a totally different animal as well because school is out, and I'm back in the States, and I have a very good friend, uh, a couple friends, a man and, and a guy and his wife, people I grew up with, people that just been have been amazing friends over, I don't know, 30 years at this point. And they have a wall of games, and I have played very few of them. And so over the summer, we would go weekends, and it would be like, all right, we're playing 10 games this weekend. And we would just, like, we had a list, and we would just kind of go through things. They'd say, all right, you need to play this one, need to play this one, need to play this one. And so that was a lot of fun, too. And so I'm excited about next summer. And and going, I need to go into the summer with a list and say, here, here's the games I want to play, here's my objectives, and we're just going to figure out when to play them and kind of catch up on everything I've missed over the last year. And so that's, so it's kind of seasonal what my ratio is. There's a convention that I attend in St. Louis called Geekway to the West, yeah. and I keep like on my phone. I have a grocery list, and I have a list of games that I want to play at <laughs> Geekway to the West because yeah. um, they're games like I, I'm not quite there to buy. Like I'm curious about, but I don't want to buy them. Mm-hmm. But I like last year. I think I played around 20 games. I learned and played 20 games at Geekway. Wow! And I ended up buying a couple of them. But it was nice to just get an exposure to a ton of games all at once in a short amount of time. Yeah, definitely. Now is that a Friday to Sunday kind of thing? That was a, it was a Thursday to Sunday. It was four gotcha. days. Gotcha. Yeah. That's still a lot of games. That's awesome, man. <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah. But it was fun. It was a yeah, good time. No, absolutely. And as, as a designer, every game you play is like a, a brand new opportunity to learn something. You know, it's oh, yeah. it's just like, oh, what are other people doing? You know, and that's one thing yeah. I love about this hobby. It can be competitive just because it's, it's an industry, it's a business like anything else. But so often, we're all, as designers, we're all curious. What are other people doing? What are other people figuring out? What, whose shoulders can I stand on? You know, like right. what, what, what mechanism is going to give me an idea for my next game? You know, and every now and then you're like, crap, I had this idea three weeks ago and now it just came out as a game. Or, you know, I've been working on this <laughs> game for six months and now the, almost the same game just came out on Kickstarter. It's like, well, dang it. That happens every now and then, but for the most part, it's like, oh man, these really awesome people are coming up with really cool ideas and, and it's going to help me become better as a designer or, or do my own thing. And yeah, it's just really cool. Well, let's talk. That actually branches into one of my questions. Um, your listeners probably don't know this. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast. But every now and then, Gabe and I will email. You and I will email about video games that we've learned about. Yeah. I, like, I don't play a lot of video games, but I love watching videos about them to learn from that, that realm of games. And I think you're probably pretty similar there. Yeah. Um, and we, we've talked about a bunch of games there. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild is one that I've somewhat publicly talked about as being an inspiration for me. But are there any video games that you've heard about recently that you have that have been inspiring to you as a tabletop game designer? Ooh, that's a good question. 
And it doesn't uh, have to be recently. If you can't, there could can be a, an older one. Too yeah, I mean, Breath of the Wild was a big one, right? You and I talked yeah. for a, a while, back and forth, and, and it's funny. I want to play video games so bad, but I feel yeah. guilty because I've got all these board game ideas that I need <laughs> to be working on or, like, the podcast. And so it's hard for me to justify sitting down and playing a game for an hour because uh, I want to play Breath of the Wild. I want to play The Witcher. Like, I want to play these, like, big, grandiose yeah. epic games, not not so much Angry Birds, you know? And so uh-huh. playing those big games, it, it's, it's a pretty big time commitment. So I haven't been able to justify it yet. Maybe, maybe over Christmas break, and I've got some extra uh, weeks. Uh, all from school or something like that. But yeah, Breath of the Wild was a big one. It's like, wow. This and it's kind of like that with with some board games. You play it and you go, I didn't I didn't know you could do this. Like I never thought yeah. you, about being able to do this. And like how can I do it differently? How can I, you know, take these ideas and maybe spin them around and maybe add a, you know, do a different theme or do different mechanisms or whatever. And so Breath of the Wild was like that. It was like open world board game. And you know, I think oh man, what's the guy's name? The, the guy that did a uh, Zaya Legend or whatever it is, the the space uh, game. Cody. Yeah, Cody. I think he's got a open world fantasy style board game coming out maybe sometime yeah. next year. Going to Kickstarter, I think, for too long. And so I am so excited that he made that game and I didn't. Like I didn't have to. <laughs> like I didn't have to spend the three years to do it. I'm so pumped to like check his game out and, and figure it out and, and play it. Um but yeah, that was that was a big one. Uh the Witcher's one. Mm-hmm. Uh similar kind of concept, this big open world and really cool story and all these winding paths. Uh, I'm trying to think those right. are the, those are the main two. I don't know if I think of another one, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll interrupt you or something, but yeah. The Witcher is one that I looked into, too, in terms of that open world aspect. And I learned uh, there's a really cool thing in The Witcher where there there's a game inside the game. Have you heard about this? Gwent? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, almost like Hearthstone kind of kind of a thing, like a card game kind of thing. And it's in the world of the game. So like yeah. all the many of the people in this world play a card game that's mm-hmm. unique to the world. So as you're walking around this open world, every now and then you can play a card game in the world yeah. against the people. I just thought I was like, wow, who, who even thinks of that? That's yeah, incredible. It's almost like a Millennium Blades kind of thing. It's like yeah. a, a game, oh, yeah. gameception. You know, it's a game within a game kind of thing. <laughs> right. Well, let's see. Uh, let's talk about some. Very recently, you hosted a uh, a unique convention. I've never seen anything like this. I don't know if this was your idea or if you saw it somewhere, but basically, it was a Facebook group. I think that you put together mm-hmm. where people could uh, join the group. They they uh, if they were participating. Um, they would pay a small, if they were attending, they would pay a small fee and learn, um, from a ton of different designers and people in the industry that you set up a, a big schedule throughout the day where a designer every hour, I think would take questions or, or talk. They, they had some flexibility there and it worked. I was blown away by how well it worked. Um, and I was amazed that no one else had ever done this before. Mm-hmm. Did you get this idea from someone else? And what were, what were some of the things that you learned from running this uh, online convention? Yeah, definitely. So I don't know how I ended up on this email list for this lady. It's called Unstoppable Writers or something like that. And, okay. and she sent out this mass email. And it was actually my junk folder. But this is like maybe a year ago, something like that. And okay. she announced this online writers conference and workshop kind of thing. And, yeah. and I, for whatever reason, I was checking through my junk mail just to see if you know anything had gotten stuck in there. And I saw this, and I just started reading through, and I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting idea." And it was like twenty five bucks. And I was like, "You know, I kind of, I kind of feel like this could be something board games could do. I like a little online conference, and and because you don't have too many board game design conferences. I think there's only been one or two that that have happened, and, and those are all in real life. And you got to pay for a hotel, and you got to pay for plane tickets, and you know all of the food. It's just it's a it's a lot to to take into consideration. And a lot of people don't have that money or don't have the time and opportunity. And I thought, hey, man, online." Online conference, that'd be cool. And so I paid 25 bucks, and I went to this this writer's conference online, and I think there was like 
seven or eight of us. <laughs> like, I think there was as many speakers as there were attendees, which I, was, I felt kind of bad for the lady because I felt like she put a lot of time and effort into it. But yeah. I took notes the whole time on how to do this and what I would do different and how I think I could do it better. And so, like, I didn't super pay attention to the writers talking. They gave some pretty good talks. But it was like, okay, I need these graphics. I need these emails. I need to contact these uh, designers. I need to have, you know, these topics, like this kind of stuff. I'm just taking notes and notes and notes for, for several hours that day, just kind of experiencing that conference. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then it kind of worked out. I started reaching out to designers. You were gracious enough to come on and, and several other just really awesome people who are either friends of mine or, or people who have come on the show. And, yeah, it was just a really, really cool uh, conference, the Ignite Conference, which I, I learned after I named it that, that Microsoft does the Ignite Conference. So, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> goes, there goes my Google ranking, you know. Uh, it's not going to show up. Um, but, yeah, it just turned out really, really well. And uh, technology was the main thing. It's like, is this going to hold up? Right? Is everybody's internet going to hold up? And we had a couple technical issues every now and then. But, yeah, it just went really, really well. And I feel like one thing that's great about conferences is that you can go and listen to great people talk, right? But right. what was great about this is you could go and listen to great people talk and then ask them questions while they talked. Yeah. You know, and, and just say, hey, oh, that was cool. Can you tell me more? Or, hey, have you thought about this? Or what about this idea? I've got this mechanism. What do you think about that? It was just super cool. You could just reach out and touch the, the, the talkers, the speakers. Right. And so, yeah, I feel like this is hopefully going to become a yearly thing and, and, and maybe doing it a little bit differently and adding some things here and there. And maybe one day it becomes like a two-day event. I don't know. You know, lots of, The sky's the limit for this. But, um, yeah, I'm super excited about the potential. And I feel like this last one went really, really well. Had right at 100 people. Uh, yeah. that, that had tickets either through BGDL plus or just bought tickets uh, to get to come in or, you know, through Patreon or whatever. And so, yeah, I'm excited to, you know, maybe next year have 150 or 200 or something like that and have uh, maybe more speakers, maybe make the schedule a little bit longer. Maybe, you know, it goes a little bit longer in the day or something like that. But uh, yeah, I was very pleased with how it worked out. Uh, I can't wait to do it again. Is there, I, I just thought of this, this wasn't a prepared question, but did you, um, did you coach any of the speakers? Like you, like I'm on Facebook Live a lot. I still have a lot to learn, but I've done it a number of times. Mm-hmm. I'm on video a lot. Did you Did you have to coach any of the people who appeared either before or after? Or is that something that you might like? If you had someone on next year that you know maybe had a little bit of a glitch this year, would you go? Would you go back to them? Or are you kind of just letting them do their own thing? And what's your process there? Yeah. So a little bit of the coaching came with people saying, hey, as far as my topic, because I reached out to everybody and said, hey, I want you to talk about this. Are you comfortable yeah. with that? How do you feel about it? And, and some people said, well, how about we change, you know, change a little bit, twist a little bit? Like, okay, cool. And some of the coaching came in with like, hey, here's my outline. Here's my ideas. What do you think? Just kind of a back and forth. Um, right. Some of the coaching uh, was, I don't know, technology. This, what I'm going to do next year is I'm going to send out a PDF that says, here is how this works. Because I, okay. I was not a veteran of Facebook Live. Like, I didn't know all the, And if you see that on, on the opening when I did the welcome, I did not realize that the comment section, I didn't realize how it worked. And so it was kind of funny. Like, I thought I was in there by myself. I was, like, talking to myself here. All right, cool. Uh-huh. And come to find out, there's a whole bunch of people in there asking questions and saying stuff. And so I had to, like, go back in and, like, do a part two for the welcome. Okay. And so for yeah. next year, I'll have, like, a PDF that just kind of outlines Here's how this thing works. Here's the button you press. Here's how this the comment section works. Uh, just in case, because there was a couple of people that had never used Facebook Live before, and um, right. and they didn't run into like super challenges or anything, but it was it, it could definitely be smoother for next year. Overall, though, I was I was blown away by it. Again. I was yeah. really really impressed. It's something Thanks. that I will absolutely recommend next year to people. I really appreciate that, and hopefully you'll you'll come back on and do another Q and A of some kind. Maybe you'll come back to Kickstarter by then. Who knows? I read your blog post <laughs> today, and it's like, oh, uh huh. Uh-huh. Thinking, thinking big thoughts there. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know a lot it's of people love to see it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I, get, I get it, man. Like, I haven't slept a full night's sleep in a while <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and hadn't even started yet. It's just been just trying to make sure everything's ready to go. And 
oh man, just reaching out to different people about different things. I understand why your health took such a shot <laughs> when you when you did these campaigns. I get it now. Yeah, well, let's touch upon that a little bit. We'll, we'll end with uh, with Final Flicks here and Kickstarter. Yeah. I'm very I'm very curious about that. But I have, I think two more questions. Um, one is another one that I that I let you know about in advance. What are three games that you haven't played that you are excited to experience or learn more about or, or play for the first time? Yeah, definitely. So one is a fantasy flight game called Discover Lands Unknown. Have you seen this? Yes, I have. Oh yeah. man, it is. I don't know how they did. This is magic. This is voodoo. This is like manufacturing <laughs> voodoo that they're doing with this game where every pack, like literally every pack that gets printed is different from every other pack. Am, am I saying that right? right? Yeah, that's how it works. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a survival game and you, it, every pack has individual like goals and objectives and characters and uh, the landscapes and stuff. It's like, how how was this <laughs> done? You know. And so I'm really curious just to see how it plays. I think Keyforge is another one that does the exact same thing. It's got all these different, yep. uh, every pack is different, you know, totally different, but the game somehow works and it's richard garfield of course it's richard garfield behind it Ooh, right yeah, yeah, if anybody's yeah. gonna figure this out it'd be him and, uh-huh. and so I'm, I'm just super excited just to open one pack and see how this thing works and then get another one and see how that one works and then maybe get a third one see how this one because it's, it's going to be different every time and uh, i don't i don't know how they did it but super interested in it uh the next one is actually uh one from you good sir called the rise of fenris I oh am, yeah i am i am very intrigued you know side the incredible game one of my favorite games for sure and I got to play the expansion. I got to play uh, Invaders from Afar over the summer, which was great. You know, seeing how those new uh, factions worked and uh, <laughs> being surprised. I was like, wait, how's that work? <laughs> when uh-huh. I, I think it was the guy that, like, lays traps and stuff. I was like, wait, hold on. Right. What, what just happened to me? I don't what, what? <laughs> I feel like you didn't explain this well enough to me. You know, that kind of thing. But uh, it was really cool to see the new factions and all that. And, and I want to see how in the world you made this a legacy thing you know that you took that game which is such euro at its core and then mm-hmm. added this like really cool thematic narrative driven legacy style thing to it so i'm excited to see i haven't haven't been spoiled at all i avoid every forum i avoid every video uh, i haven't even watched like the non-spoiler previews or reviews or anything because i don't i don't want to uh-huh. ruin anything uh, cool. so i'm excited to play that one and then the last one's actually a double so title blades which is on kickstarter right now and it mm-hmm. looks phenomenal i'm a backer i can't wait to to see this whole thing like in real life because on on the page it looks amazing and the videos i've watched looks incredible but i'm also excited about title blades part two and that's something i was intrigued by when i first saw it i thought oh man this is a dice placement game it's kind of a more euro style it's got some dice rolling you know some luck based stuff but i thought this would be such a cool dungeon crawl like take these characters throw them in a dungeon let them you know run around and do adventures and then come to find out part two that's what it is it's yeah. it's title blades the dungeon crawl adventure from John freaking Gilmore. I was like, this, this is amazing. This is a great day. And so I'm I'm super pumped to see where part two goes. I want to play part one for sure. But where in the world are they gonna do a part two? And is there gonna be a part three? And and could I could I submit a game and do part four? You know. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so like it just gets your brain uh, working, and I'm, I'm excited uh, for title blades one and but definitely excited for t- part two and see how they kind of change things and do things differently. And John Gilmore, he's he's an amazing uh, designer. So yeah, those are my three plus one games i'm excited about awesome yeah those are great picks <laughs> i'm a backer of title blades too yeah. as well yeah um and obviously i played through rise of fenris mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> so my final question before we get the final flick tier is about the podcast itself yeah. um you've done 100 plus episodes if we're counting this yep. as 102 102 yeah um i'm curious about the the original motivation before you started what was your original motivation for doing it has that changed? And if you could have a phone call with with the version of yourself who started it, 
is there anything that you tell yourself going going back in time a little bit? Yeah. So original motivation, how has it changed? And uh, advice to your past self, past podcasters. Yeah, so original motivation was I was designing games, and they weren't very good, and I knew it. You know, that's that's one thing. Like when you're when you're making something creative, and your heart's in it, and your mind's in it, and the work effort, and the the work ethic, and the effort, and all that's in it, and you just know it's not very good. You know, that's kind of where yeah. that's where I was. You know, it's in the early stages of figuring this whole thing out, and how do these mechanisms work, and what are what are games I can look at and read rule books and watch reviews and like figure this whole thing out. And I was living in Honduras, and so it was like, man, this is really difficult. And I wanted to do something to be part of the community, right? That's something you talk about a lot is, is be part of the community. Don't just be some random person that shows up and says, hey, will you bet my game on Kickstarter? It's like, well, who are you, right? Uh, you need to be somebody that, that people know. And they say, oh, yeah, I know this, this person. They helped me out. They, they sent me a nice email. They, they you know, said, you know, they, they answered my poll question or whatever in, in some of these Facebook groups. And so I was just trying to figure out how to be part of the community, not because I wanted – somebody to pat me on the back or somebody like back my Kickstarter one day. I had no plans to do Kickstarter, none whatsoever yeah. up until really like six months ago. Like that was not a plan ever. Like I love the idea of pitching to a publisher and going that route and you taking the full risk and you helping me with a rule book and you doing the art. And all that. I love that idea. It was just, and we can talk about this in a minute, but this, this one game I had is like, man, I, I just want to do it myself. I want to do the whole thing. And I feel like I yeah. can, you know, I feel like I've learned enough. And so, but I want, just want to be part of the community and I had no idea how to do it. Because, I, I, again, I couldn't review games. It's not like I could get a bunch of games here at Honduras. That'd be crazy expensive, and I'm, I'm not super well paid as a teacher in Honduras. And so just trying to figure out, like, what can I do? And I had an idea. I had a, several ideas for things I wanted to do. Some were board game-related. Some were just life-related. I wanted to write a book. Uh, I wanted to work on some other things. And then I, so I wrote down a big list of things I wanted to do. Uh, and the, actually, the, the podcast, this idea, I said, like, what, if, what if I started a podcast? I was listening to a, a lot of board game design, not design, just board game podcasts. And I thought, I, wanted, I want to listen to a, to a podcast that's about board game design that's only about board game design, that's super specific, it's topical. You know, I don't have to wade through 15 minutes of people talking about, you know, what games they've been playing lately and, you know, what, what kind of life stuff's going on, pop culture stuff. I don't, I did not care. I do not want, I don't. Like you guys are awesome, you're fun to listen to, but that's not why I showed up. I showed up to get this this one thing, and it's only like twelve minutes of your actual episode. And, it's, oh, yeah. and so I figured, like, maybe there's more people like me out there that really want this like super topical, one topic, deep dive, forty minutes. And, and so I thought, man, that, that'd be a cool idea. I wonder how I could do that. And so I wrote that down, and it was actually kind of on the back burner. Uh, and I tried a lot of other stuff. I wrote a book, and you know, did some different things. And but all the other stuff that I tried. None of it worked out. <laughs> like it just didn't take <laughs> off the way I hoped it would or the way I uh, kind of wished it would. And so what I would change is I would go back and tell former me, don't waste your time on all that other stuff. Because I would have started the podcast about six months earlier had had all, you know, had I not wasted my time on, on those other things. I'm glad I wrote the book. The book is a great thing. I'm, I'm super excited about that. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. You know, that's something. It's called So That. Um, and, and it's just it's about a lot of stuff I was dealing with life and people and friends were dealing with. And so I'm really proud of that project, even if it didn't become, you know, some kind of national hit or anything. Um, but I would definitely not do the other stuff, right? I, okay. I would just throw that away. Don't worry about it. Do this board game design thing. Cause this is something that's, that's going to be special. Uh, that, that's going to create a community. I mean, there's, there's over 2000 people in the Facebook community right now. That blows my mind. That is absolutely yeah. crazy. Uh, I was looking at the numbers right before uh, we, we, we jumped on the interview the podcast has been downloaded 536,000 times. Wow. That's, that's insane. It's, it, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that to be like, hey, look how special I am. No, I'm saying that because this is insane. This is crazy. Like, this, <laughs> what, is, what is going on? Like, it, it, it's nuts. The whole thing is just absolutely nuts how, how it's, what it's become. And I am yeah. so, like, honored. I'm so, like, just in awe 
of, of everyone who listens, everyone who sends emails and everyone who's part of the groups and, and you know, helps each other out and, and offers advice and offers me advice. That's one thing I love. I can go to these people, these wonderful, amazing designers and say, Hey, what do you think? And they help me out. Right. So I was working on uh, the box cover for uh, my game and I said, Hey, what do you think? And come to find out it, the way the font was the way it kind of lined up and everything. It didn't say final flick tier. It looked like it said something extraordinarily inappropriate ah, that I didn't I see, see because I was too close to it. And I had a whole bunch of people laughing and I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. You just <laughs> saved me a lot of stress later. Uh, although maybe it would have been, you know, any publicity is good publicity, I guess, but it looked like it had a very, very dirty word there in the title. And so just way the letters lined up, you know, and so being able to go to a group of people, and say, hey, can you help me out with this? And that's another thing I'm really enjoying right now is with the rule book. I've got so many people looking at the rule book and saying, hey, I don't understand this. Can you clarify that? Uh, have you thought about this? Can you reword it this way? Which is really funny, and you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. So I got an email from a guy today, and we were talking about uh, the factions and, like, naming of factions and different things like that. And he had some interesting ideas and things I'm pondering. I don't know if I'm going to change things. You know, it's my game. But at the same time, he had brought up some really cool ideas. But one of the things he said was, what would Jamie Stegmeier do? And he, like, started <laughs> listing out all the things that he thinks you would comment oh, really? and you would think and all that and i was like that's really funny we've gotten to this place where it's like wwjd you know i get, up, get my, my little 1995 wwjd brace it back up instead of what would jesus do is what would jamie do you know think about uh, game design what would jamie, what would jamie do in this situation and so it's kind of funny but uh yeah it's just been an incredible community to be a part of i, I can't I, I am so humbled every day that i get to do this and that people show up and that they listen and they have that they care what i have to say and what these guests have to say and, and they, they oh man i Again, I don't. It's beyond words. I don't know. I don't know. I never, never dreamed it would become what it's become. And I'm so pumped because it's. This is the ground floor. Like this, we're right. sky's yeah. the limit. Like this thing is gonna just continue. To, hopefully, unless I screw something up terribly, but it's gonna continue to grow. And more and more people are gonna come in and find the thing and, and learn and be able to be part of the community. And it's gonna build up into this really awesome thing that I'm yeah. just so thankful and, and proud to be a part of. And so uh, that's. I guess that, that answer what, what your. Uh, what I would change as far as like, you know, do it sooner. And what was the last one? Advice? Um, no, I think you, I think you covered it. Yeah. Motivate original motivation, current motivation. And, uh, I guess you haven't. And then what would you, what would I advice? Would you give to your past self? Yeah. Has, has your, it sounds like your motivation has broadened, but it's still at least partly what it originally was. Yeah, definitely. I, I just wanted to be part of the community. That's yeah. really yeah. all it was. Like some yeah. people have asked me, Oh, you, you started this cause you know, you wanted people to buy your games. What I was like, no, I, yeah. I had nothing but crappy games that I knew were crappy. It's not like I had right. this like one little baby game. I was like, this is going to be something special. It's like, no, I have these very terrible games, and I want to learn. I wish I could talk to designers. What if I started a podcast that talked to designers? <laughs> it was, and in some ways, it was kind of selfishly motivated. It's like, I want to find the best designers in the world and just see if they'll talk to me. And right. come to find out, they were glad to do so. And so, again, going back to episode one, where you, you came on episode one, and I really appreciate you taking a chance on, on me. And then I think I had seven or eight designers come right out just right out the gate that already had episodes uh, recorded um, when I yeah. first started from just amazing amazing designers and really awesome people that you know many of which have become friends and, and I've gotten to chat with more you know than just that one time and see them at conventions and you know talk yeah. to them about games and man it's just been a wild ride well on behalf of your listeners because I am one of them I, I want to thank you for for your generosity of time uh, your curiosity and your consistency mm. I think all three of those things have have really made me connect with your podcast. And, I, and I, I'm guessing that many other people connect with it for those reasons and others as well. So thank you, Gabe. Um, and it, it's been a, an honor to interview to, you today. We do have a bonus round coming up. 
I get to do a, a, a board game design lab bonus round about your game. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say before we get to that bonus round? Uh, yeah, it's just been it's been. I thank you for for saying what you just said. Um, it's been a privilege yeah. to be part of this. Uh, consistency was one of the main things right off the bat. It's mm-hmm. like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And, mm-hmm. and that's been my advice to a lot of other people who've who wanted to start podcasts or start blogs or work on games or whatever. They'll say, hey, what, what's your best advice? Be consistent. Show yep. up when people expect you to show up. And, yep. and don't, you know, die on that hill, so to speak. Like, don't let anything get in the way of that, barring some, like, crazy emergency. You know, but right. just die on that hill. And so every Wednesday, the podcast is coming out. Like, that's – and my wife knows that. My, that's nothing. You got to have, have a team. Going back to Drew Brees, right? You got to have, yep. have amazing linemen blocking for you, amazing receivers <laughs> catching for you, running backs, you know, getting, picking up the blitz. You got to have great coaches helping you out from the box. Like, you got, like all this stuff has to come together. And I feel like it has in a lot of ways for, for what I'm doing, both with my, my wife, my family, the community, the amazing designers that I've gotten to interact with and getting to know. And so all these things have come together for me just to be part of something that's, that's so much fun and it's such a privilege to do. And so, yeah. Awesome. Well, I look forward to the next 100 episodes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com and find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at boardgamedesignlab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?